his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The weather has turned warm in Chicago. People are starting to think about summer plans. And you know what? I just had to do this today. We're talking amusement parks and roller coasters. And yes, there is a bit of a stock angle to this as well. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. As mentioned, we're talking roller coasters and theme parks today. And by the way, there are a couple stocks that give investors exposure to all of this. Now, we all know Disney, and and of course, the ticker on that is DIS. Uh, Parks, I believe, are like a third of their profits, so not a pure play. Uh, There's a lot of other components to Disney, of course. But also, uh, on the pure play front, I, I have three stocks that come to mind. Cedar Fair, Cedar Point Parent. The ticker on that is FUN, F-U-N, that's Cedar Fair. Six Flags, we all know about Six Flags Great America if you're here from the Chicago area. Uh, The ticker on that one, S-I-X, so Six Flags, the ticker, S-I-X. And then another one that a lot of people might not necessarily think about is SeaWorld, and the ticker on SeaWorld is S-E-A-S. So you got to check out those stocks, and I will mention them as we go through the various properties. So I'm bringing on a roller coaster expert, someone very familiar with theme parks across the country. Let's bring on John Stevenson, founder and writer of Coaster101.com out of Nashville, Tennessee. Again, the website, coaster101.com. John, great to have you on the Gaines podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. I'm always happy to talk coasters. Yes, and a very fun topic. And that's where I want to start today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about coaster101.com. Sure. Uh, So I started my passion, interest in roller coasters started when I was in elementary school, probably first or second grade. My parents took me, I originally born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. My parents took me to a small amusement park there called Liberty Land, um, home of Elvis Presley's favorite roller coaster. So I went there, uh, really just have very vivid memories of it, was fascinated by it. They then took me to Opryland, USA, which is in Nashville. Same thing, just remember it so clearly. Back then, I was actually scared of roller coasters. I wouldn't ride most of them, but I was still so enamored by the environment, the roller coasters, the sights and sounds, and this experience uh, of it all. And unfortunately, both Liberty Land and Opryland 
have since closed, so I don't have the best track record of amusement parks in Tennessee. Thankfully, we've still got Dollywood. Well, well, my first, you know, just to throw it in there real quick, don't feel bad because the the first two parks that I have ever been to have closed as well. SeaWorld Ohio, kind of over oh, by yeah. Cedar Point. Uh, actually, the, the first three that I went to, and then, uh, so SeaWorld Ohio, then there was an Idora Park, because I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, and that oh, had yeah. the famous Wildcat roller coaster, and that park closed down almost like four, over 40 years ago. And then the third park is Geauga Lake, which is over there by Cedar Point as well. My first three parks that I've attended have closed too. So I don't have a great track record, but you and I've been to, you even more so, been to a ton of parks since then. So as those parks have closed, and but you got your first taste of rides, where did the... Uh, Coaster 101 and, and actually making this, you know, upping it a level start to happen. Sure. So I was actually in between. It was the year between eighth grade and ninth grade. So I was an incoming uh, freshman in high school and I was active on the online roller coaster community. There's surprisingly a lot of roller coaster websites out there, theme park websites, and that doesn't even touch the Disney, the Disney World websites. And so I was going to these, and I've always enjoyed riding. And so I thought, how do I combine this passion that I have for roller coasters and couple it with my uh, interest in riding and just enjoyment and being able to connect with other coaster enthusiasts? So I started it in June, uh, June 15th of 2005. It started, yeah, I look back at it now, and it's, it, it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to look back at But it's also cool to see how far it's come. And so... Um, very, very humble beginnings, but since then I have added, now it's, uh, uh, I've got some ride, amazing riders who helped me with it. Uh, they're all over the country. We think we've got about eight right now, give or take, and we have guest riders. And so I've got a really great team helping me and it's, it's blossomed. It's, it's kind of grown with me. It's, I call it my internet child or my little slice of the internet. And it's it's been so cool, all the opportunities that it's given me. I've been able to go to some really incredible events over the years and meet some incredible people and interview industry legends and all in connecting. I've made some of my best friends through the website. And so it's it's given me so many great opportunities to, to share my passion, learn about the industry, write, of course. And so it's been, I mean, it's, I, I have so much pride in it and I have so many people to thank for helping get it to where it is today. So how many parks have you been to? How many roller coasters have you ridden? And, you know, the community calls them credits. Kind of explain that as well. Right. So yes, credit, coaster credits is a very serious business for not all enthusiasts, but uh, I'm currently at 298. So I'm two away from 300. So I'm trying to plan, be strategic with what, which is going to be the big 300. And real quick, how do you keep track of it all? So there are websites that you can log it. There is a website that I use, um, Coaster Counter, but there's all, I also have a spreadsheet just in case something happens to the website. So I keep, and I just add them. Usually I'll add it at, while I'm at the park. So I don't forget. And that's coastercounter.com. Uh, John, what makes a good coaster? I know it's subjective, but we hear terms all the time like 
airtime. I know that's what diehards are often looking for. What are things that you are looking for in a coaster? Yeah, and so that's, of course, that'll vary from enthusiast to enthusiast or person to person. Even if you're not an enthusiast, I think everyone has their has their favorites. For me, I love big drops, um, airtime, kind of those airtime hills, the Camelback airtime hills. Um, I love launched coasters, that acceleration, that feeling like you're taking off from a aircraft carrier on a fighter jet, that acceleration. I love, you know, smooth rides. I, I enjoy the more classic wooden coasters, but I think the steel ones, those are the ones that have that rewritability that you can go and kind of go on all day and you don't get jostled around too much. So that's, those are kind of my criteria. Other people may really like the g-forces and the inversions and the really fast transitions for me i like roller coasters that i can ride over and over whereas some of the more intense ones that you know they may flip you upside down seven times or more those are the ones that i enjoy but i may not be able to like get right back in line for those whereas some of my favorites i could ride those all day and maybe not all day but they have that rewritability factor and so that's something that i really look for i love heights which I'm actually um, actually don't particularly care for heights, but if I'm strapped into a roller coaster, it's great. So, John, as we're starting to talk about individual properties, is, give us one of your favorites to start things off here. Yeah, so like I said earlier, one of the first questions when I tell people I love roller coasters, have you been to Cedar Point? It's in Sandusky, Ohio, largest amusement park in the world. On a lot of people's number one list, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, I mean, a roller coaster for everyone, really. Uh, when I went there, I went there for their for the parks roller coaster enthusiast event and um, coaster mania, and it was my first time there. It's 2018. Rode 18 roller coasters in 18 hours. The event started at 6 a.m. Went till midnight. We were my group. Uh, it was all coaster 101 riders. We essentially shut the park down. We were one of the last ones. And I, I could not have asked for a better first trip to Cedar Point. And that year they were opening probably what is their most, one of their most favorite, excuse me, famous rides, um, Steel Vengeance. And that roller coaster, there's a company relatively new to the game, I guess over 10 years now, but uh, Rocky Mountain Construction or RMC, you'll hear referred to in the enthusiast world. And this company, essentially what they do, I guess, and especially when they were starting, and they still do, they take old kind of rough, dilapidated, aging wooden roller coasters and take out the wooden track and in their place use the wooden structure, support structure, using this kind of I-beam-like track to kind of revive these rides and they're completely different. I count, I do count those as, as separate coaster credits. And that's, you're seeing are, a lot of parks do that. It, it, I mean, they're taking those old wooden coasters, outfitting them with fresh uh, metal track. And uh, some of the stuff they can do is, is amazing. We're seeing that uh, being done in a number of places now. Yeah. It's, I mean, they have really taken the coaster world by storm in such a short period of time. And, you do. I mean, so many parks have done this. And so it's exciting to see. I, I love it's somewhat of like an adaptive reuse case where you're taking these roller coasters and reusing the structure. And so that kind of gives them some parameters to work in. 
but they're still able to go and do these insane elements and inversions. And it, and so kind of tying, taking it back to Cedar Point, they had a, a wooden coaster that was not super well-loved in the, in the enthusiast world called Mean Streak, giant wooden coaster. And it closed, and everyone kind of knew by at this point RMC was – very popular and so i think everyone kind of knew that this is what was going to happen and they took that and built this amazing roller coaster essentially using the bones of mean streak and so 2018 was its opening season and so for that to be my first trip to cedar point when this roller coaster made its debut and was one of the biggest rides i would say to open in the 2010s and it was incredible but Cedar Point has so many other great roller coasters. You have uh, Millennium Force, which is the world's first giga coaster, 300 feet tall. You've got uh, Top Thrill Dragster, which when it opened was the world's tallest and fastest coaster. It's actually closed right now. They are completely revamping it. It's scheduled to reopen next year, so we're really excited. That's one of those that. la- that's one of those launch coasters you were talking about. Very, yeah, very yeah. cool. That that instant acceleration. Yeah, zero to 120 miles an hour, 420 feet tall. I mean, it, it is an incredible ride. You get the view of the lake from the from the peak. I mean, it is unlike any roller coaster I had ridden up to that point. So, and, and there's so many classics. There's so much history at that park. Just just real quick on Cedar Point, and I, I think we'll we'll start with just kind of since you brought Cedar Point up here. Cedar Point is owned by Cedar Fair. And the ticker on that stock is FUN. Just as a Gaines listener, I've mentioned it before. I love Cedar Fair stock right now. It's got a little dividend, a low PE, certainly interesting. And we're going to talk about a ton of its its parks. So, you know, since we're talking Cedar Fair, parent company the behind Cedar Point, that includes Knott's Berry Farm, California Great America, uh, Canada's Wonderland, Carolyn's out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, King's Dominion, one of my home p- parks when I was in Virginia, Michigan's Adventure, got a great wooden coaster there, Worlds of Fun out of Kansas City, King's Island, of course, that uh, just, I think, celebrated a 50th anniversary. Out of those Cedar Fair parks, what what catches your eye uh, beyond Cedar Point? I love King's Island. I believe that was the first Cedar Fair Park that I went to. It's not too far from Nashville, four and a half hours. And that's another park that is has so much history, is so legendary. You've got the Beast, the wooden coaster. And I mean, the, riding the Beast, it goes through the woods outside the park at night. You can't see anything. I mean, that is just a, a defining moment in my coaster career. I remember it so vividly, that first ride. And it has a great collection of roller coasters, Beautiful park. Love Knott's Berry Farm. Went there. That's another park with a lot of history. Great roller coasters. Um, Dorney Park in Pennsylvania. Another great one. Canada's Wonderland. That was the first international park that I went mine, to. Mine, too. I lived in the Rochester, yeah. New York area okay. back yeah. in, in, in junior high school. And, uh, you know, our local park there was Darien Lake. Uh, yeah, but there. then yeah. Canada's Wonderland you know, we, we was always the, the big park that you went to. Maybe your your parents took you there for a couple days. But, yeah, Canada's Wonderland's a great place. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, again, all these parks, 
Um, the the big ones, especially Carowinds Wonderland and Kings Island, Knott's Berry Farm, just really, really great collection of coasters and kind of going, you know, on obviously a smaller scale than Cedar Point, but a wide range. You have ones that kids and families can ride, and then you have these record-breaking wooden coasters that enthusiasts travel from all over the country or beyond to ride. So, yeah, Cedar Fair is, is, has done great. Carowinds as well. It's it's a you know they've definitely I think um, figured out the science to building fantastic amusement parks and building upon those roller coasters and continuing to push the envelope. It's uh, yeah they're they're great parks. Another uh, a big chain and we've kind of talked about it the our our home park here in in the Chicago area Six Flags Great America out of Gurney Illinois. You've spent a ton of time there. As we um, switch over to Six Flags, by the way, the ticker on that is Six, S-I-X. Six Flags uh, has a host of parks. Out of the Six Flags parks, what kind of catches your eye there? And and again, let's also talk, you know, our home park here in Illinois, Six Flags Great America. Sure. So I think I've always had a soft spot for Six Flags. Six Flags over Georgia was the first Six Flags park I went to. I was very young, first or second grade maybe, and that's another park that really um, kind of shaped and influenced my passion for roller coasters. That was one of the first parks I went to. I was so, even though I was scared of roller coasters back then, ironically, I was still so fascinated by it. And so I think that was uh, one of the big ones. Uh, growing up in Memphis, Six Flags St. Louis, for most people, that was that was the closest Six Flags to us, and that that was Six Flags to Memphians. Was when you when you say Six Flags, nine times out of ten, people are referring to St. Louis. It's a smaller park, but a decent selection of roller coasters. And of course, Great America was, like I said, my home away from home park. It's just been so cool to see it grow and change. And they don't have a ton of space, a ton of open, you know, forests and, you know, open, unused space around the park, like a park like Kings uh, Kings Island might. And so it's been really cool to see how they've managed to fit in more record-breaking roller coasters into this relatively, you know, more or less landlocked space. And then you have a park like Six Flags Magic Mountain, in Southern California, which is another just so legendary historic park with so many famous roller coasters that have been featured in movies and TV shows over the years and going there for the first time. I mean, I was just, it was so surreal finally seeing all these roller coasters in person. And so I, I just, in February, went to Six Flags Over Texas, which was the first Six Flags to open. And so a lot of history there. And so again, these are parks that have have really stood the test of time. Which, as I said, going back to some of the parks that have closed, it's not the amusement industry is not the easiest uh, industry to be successful in with these parks, constantly having to build new rides. And so, for to see these parks, these Six Flags parks and Cedar Fair parks that have managed to continue to do well, stay relevant, continue to build new rides. Um, and of course, Six Flags is part of that. So, I said have a very I have a soft spot for Six Flags. I love DC Comics. Batman's my favorite superhero. So, the 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 superhero themed rides and um, at Great America specifically, Batman the Ride was the world's first inverted coaster. It was 
it's been duplicated and built at Six Flags parks all over the country. And again, that being my favorite superhero and having this world's first ride that is still so great to this day is, uh, yeah, that's kind of why I have that, uh, that, that love for, for Six Flags parks. Moving over to SeaWorld, another publicly traded company, which actually owns my all-time favorite amusement park. And I'm talking SeaWorld, the ticker on that, S-E-A-S. My favorite, all-time favorite park isn't even a SeaWorld. It's Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Uh, yes. Love that place. You know, SeaWorld owns Busch Gardens, both uh, Tampa and Williamsburg. As I mentioned, Williamsburg is my favorite park. That European theming is outstanding. But SeaWorld's got um, a couple SeaWorld locations, Orlando, San Antonio, San Diego. Orlando seems to be making uh, a big move towards some really cool roller coasters as it seems like the chain has gotten away from some of the animal stuff. And then under that umbrella as well as some smaller parks, Sesame Place, uh, one in Philly and San Diego. Thoughts on the SeaWorld parks, my favorite Busch Gardens, and uh, some of those uh, cool roller coasters they put in in Orlando. Yes, yeah, so Busch Gardens Williamsburg was another huge park that I went to when I was very young. And again, too scared to ride most of the coasters, but I was so just engrossed in that park. And it was these giant roller coasters and they're built kind of built into the, the landscape and you can't see all of them. For it. So there's kind of this mystery surrounding some of them and they're just tower. I mean, that is such a beautiful park. So beautifully landscaped, a lot of theming. You said the European influence, Bush Gardens, Tampa, has some, somewhat more of like an African theme, another beautiful park, big animal component, amazing roller coasters, SeaWorld in Orlando. SeaWorld is uh, the only SeaWorld park that I've been to. I really need to get to San Diego and San Antonio. Great collection of roller coasters. And you have seen that chain across the board really put more of an emphasis on building roller coasters. I mean, they have all of these parks have built several roller coasters just in the last few years. And so you're kind of seeing this pivot to they're really just step putting their uh, pedal to the metal and building these roller coasters year after year. And so for enthusiasts, that's great. I love to see it. I need to get back to all three, Busch Gardens and Tampa, Busch Gardens and Williamsburg and SeaWorld Orlando and the other SeaWorld parks too, just because they've all built several roller coasters just in the last five years. And again, like you said, they've kind of moved away from some of the, some of the animal acts and, and really made that big imp- investment. And that's the thing is these parks, when they put in roller coasters, it is a major, major investment. I mean, just talk about some of the costs. Absolutely. I mean, millions and millions of dollars. And if you get into some of the more Themed roller coasters, um, Busch Gardens Williamsburg is opening a indoor roller coaster this year. So you get into the, you know, if you look at the thematic elements, if you've got that component, but just building the roller coasters, just, you know, and the, the roller coaster alone, millions, millions of dollars. And so these are huge investments for for the park. And that's why they really try to push the envelope with these rides, break records. They like to have those kind of those buzzworthy records. Some parks, I think, kind of make up their own records, but still those those are going to catch people's attention. 
and get them to the park and you know they'll get that return on investment. I've definitely put SeaWorld Orlando on my list because I was just looking at their offerings. Uh, you have a pipeline, the surfer coaster, you have icebreaker. I've heard a ton about that. Mako. And these are all these roller coasters are all going through some pretty cool theming. Uh, Kraken, and the one that really has caught my eye, and it has a really cool water effect as well, is Manta. Um, just thoughts on a couple of the coasters I mentioned there at SeaWorld. Oh, yeah, Manta is beautiful. And I haven't been, I just realized I haven't been to SeaWorld since 2010. So they have built several roller coasters since I've been there. And so I really need to make a trip back down there and go, you know, of course, when you go to Orlando, you have so many options and it can be a little overwhelming. And I just went to, I, last time I was in Orlando was back in September and I went to uh, Universal. But yeah, I've got to get back down to SeaWorld. Well, and you mentioned Kraken. Universal. I know that Universal actually has your all-time favorite coaster, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, right now. I mean, it's getting hard at almost 300 to pick one favorite, but the one that has been on my mind a lot recently since I wrote is Velocicoaster, Jurassic World Velocicoaster is its full name. Uh, that's a franchise that I love, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and this roller coaster had such high expectations. I watched it. It was built for the most part in 2020. So, you know, being stuck at home, I watched this co construction of this coaster. That was one of my pandemic activities. And watching them build this, they, when you look at before it was built, of course, in the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park area of the park, and you look at where, what was there before, and I would have thought, oh, there's no way that they're going to build this multi-launch steel large roller coaster. I just, there's no way they're going to be able to fit that in that plot of land. And then, so then to watch them build this ride, it was, I mean, it's incredible. And the expectations were so high. I heard it opened in 2021. I heard nothing but good things about it. So, I mean, I really, truly cannot think of, of any major complaints. And so I went in last year, my expectations were so high. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to live up to, to the hype. And it blew my expectations away. This Isn't is, that the best? Is, when you come in with it, something it, with such high expectations, that's just the setup to be disappointed. And then when it still blows your mind? Oh, yeah. And it's so rare because, yeah, disappointment is, is totally a thing. And it happens a lot, unfortunately. So I was prepared for that. But it blew my already high expectations out of the water. I mean, I wrote, you know, I write reviews about a lot of roller coasters. And I was thinking, okay, this roller coaster has been reviewed so many times. How do I write something? I have to write about this ride. So I wrote a love letter to Velocicoaster. And nice. it was so easy to write because it is, it, it is a, it's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. You, not only the theming and the story and you're immersed in this environment and how they kind of literally inserted this roller coaster into the Jurassic World story that this is a new attraction within the park and it takes you into the ra the, the raptor compound and, uh, you know, they have some of the stars from the movie reprise their role. And then the ride itself, even if you just put it in, in a random field or a parking lot, it would still be incredible. Maybe not, you know, obviously not as exciting maybe, but everything about it, how it interacts with the 
the landscape, the thematic elements, how it interacts with the um, pathways, the midway, the water. You have this um, Montessorus, I believe that's how you say it, the finale role that takes you within what feels like feet of the the water at the end. The trains are very um, kind of open air, so you feel very exposed. There's only a, a lap bar restraint. There's no over-the-shoulder restraint. It's smooth. There's music on the track. I mean, it is the total package of a roller coaster, and it's long. It's I, it's incredible. I wrote it so many times. I only after the first time, I only wrote it in the front. It's absolutely a front row ride. I mean, it literally made me just laugh, laugh, just like just laugh uncontrollably. It's so fun. So like I could talk for an entire hour. Yeah, Universal is actually a unit of NBC Universal, which is a, a subsidiary of Comcast. Uh, not you know just for the, the the stock junkies out there, you're not getting a ton of exposure through. Uh, theme parks, but it's it's worth a note. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Since we're just down there, really quick thoughts on Disney. We all know the ticker DIS. I think about a third of their revenue comp for Disney comes from the theme parks. Disney's a unique uh, animal to itself. Not quite as good for uh, the roller coaster enthusiasts, but they do theming right. And their new Tron ride, uh, I've heard heard a lot of good things. Uh, Just any thoughts on anything that catches your eye at Disney? parks yeah so i need that's another park i haven't been um in a few years and so i need to get back they've got the guardians of the galaxy roller coaster at epcot uh of course tron those are the some of the big rides that have uh that have opened since i was last there so disney is is a beast i mean it is it has become increasingly expensive and it's for many is is just cost prohibitive i mean you have to almost take out a loan to visit so i know for me that's um, you know, it's not a park that I can go to every year. So it's, uh, and, and it's, I mean, going to planning a Disney trip is in learning about all the intricacies and the changes that they've made in the last few years. 
it is, I mean, it takes a lot of work to plan and it can be a little overwhelming. And so I, uh, I, I also like Disneyland. I mean, yeah, that's not where you're going to go for coaster enthusiasts, but for that immersive storytelling and the experiences and it's just uh, everyone needs to, to go at least once, even if, you know, even if you're not a, a big coaster enthusiast, that's another park where they've got something for everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of YouTube and I, I follow a lot of the, the different parks and thing. Uh, just want to give a little plug to the YouTube channel Paging Mr. Morrow. Uh, I, I think he brings a unique take on food and rides so if you're ever going to disney you got to check out his thing i i just think he gives a lot of good information um you know talking about some other places that are theming not disney there's a company called palace entertainment it's a private company out of spain and they've picked up a number of really good parks here in the united states uh what comes to mind uh, I'm, I'm originally from the Youngstown area, so we would go over to Kennywood, one of the, oh, the yeah. great parks of all time. Also being li- living uh, or visiting people in the Lancaster area. As a kid, I went to Dutch Wonderland. Palace Entertainment owns that as well. And again, it's just a private company. Uh, they just picked up another great park, Adventureland, out of Iowa. Some Some really cool... Long-time names on on the list that they own, Castle Park, Idlewood, Storyland out of New Hampshire, Palace Entertainment, some of their destinations. They're a little smaller parks. you got to pick and choose, you know, some of their prominent roller coasters. But thoughts on some of those properties I just talked about? Yeah, so unfortunately, only one of those that I've been to, like you said, a lot of them are, are smaller parks, is Kennywood, though. But, oh, my gosh, well, you talk about surreal that was growing up i had so many books on uh, roller coaster books with pictures and kennywood that place oozes amusement park history go ahead oh yeah jackrabbit one of the oldest wooden coasters still in operation and so to be there and see all these old wooden coasters and all these old buildings and the history and the i mean it it is such an experience and every roller coaster enthusiast has to go there at least once and ride these and they've built since then they've built really great steel coasters too so it's a great mix of new and old but it it, just being there in that in that environment and seeing that it was it was just so incredible so that's a great park they're taking great care of it so yeah those are all all the others are are on my list of of parks that i need to need to get out to so it's good to see them them doing well kennywood a must if you're in the Pittsburgh area, another one that comes to mind, which is actually owned by a Hershey Trust, is Hershey Park on the other side of Pennsylvania. Uh, Hershey Park, a great place. It's actually on my uh, my top 10 list of favorite parks. So, uh, you know, Hershey Entertainment and Resorts is private. It is different than the chocolate company, um, you know, the s- same founder, but they have their own kind of private thing that runs Hershey Park. I'm sure you've been to Hershey Park. Thoughts on on just a great, great place? Oh, my gosh, yes. Chocolate and roller coasters, sign me up. It is an incredible park. Great roller coasters, beautiful park. And I have not been there since 2016, 2017. So I absolutely owe it a visit because they've built uh, a really great roller coaster since I was last there, Candemonium. And then this year they're opening 
a um, an RMC. They took one of their old wooden coasters and they are uh, revamping it with the with steel track, and it's looking incredible. It's um, nearing completion. It's going to open this summer. So that's another park that I've I've got to get back to soon. And it's uh, yeah, again, a, a mecca for for roller coasters. Another one, which is your home park, is actually owned by the Hershen Family Entertainment. And uh, I'm specifically thinking out of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Of course, Dollywood. And I know you're a huge fan of Dollywood. They also, that Hershen Family Entertainment, which is a you know, private group, uh, they also own Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri, a great place. Wild Adventures out of Georgia. And I also believe they own Kentucky Kingdom, or not own it, I'm sorry. They uh, operate uh, Kentucky Kingdom, which is actually owned by the Kentucky State Fair Board. But Dollywood and some of the others under that Hershen Family Entertainment thoughts. And, and, and tell us a little bit about Dollywood, why you like it so much. Oh, yeah, Dollywood. Oh, my gosh. It is, it it kind of, it, like Great America is another kind of home away from home park. It's about three, three and a half hours away from Nashville. But I have a season pass. I go there multiple times throughout the year. Been there, been going there for over 20 years now. And you you talk about a park that has grown. Oh my gosh! When you when I think back to my first visit in in 2001 or 2002, and how it is now. I mean, it has grown so much. I mean, I don't know. I would say at least doubled in size, if not more. And the roller coasters that they've built. I tell people I, I actually used to be on their. Um, they had a panel of bloggers, and so I was you know, writing for their kind of their, it was called Dollywood Insider. So I was getting to write for the park and go to these events. And I mean, I could probably walk around that park with my eyes closed. It's such a special place, beautiful, beautiful setting, of course, in the Smoky Mountains. People are always surprised when I tell them that they have really, really great roller coasters. They have my favorite wooden coaster, Lightning Rod, which is another creation from RMC. It was just built from the ground up. They they didn't have an older wooden coaster that they were building on. Uh, the food is amazing. The shows are amazing. They have a great Christmas event where there's 5 million Christmas lights. I, I mean, it, it has something for everybody. And the, the staff is so nice. And, of course, Dolly Parton is amazing. So anything with her name on it is, you know, is going to be. Uh, wonderful. So it is, it, it's such a great park. And people are always surprised when I tell them they have, amazing like intense roller coasters lightning rod is one of the most intense coasters uh and and definitely in the southeast if if not the country so it's it's a great place everyone needs to to make the trip there's so much to do in east tennessee and pigeon forge and of course you've got the smoke great smoky mountain national park so dollywood has a very special place in my heart and i uh, I'm, i'm fortunate to live so close to it but silver dollar city is great as well i've been there Kentucky Kingdom, I'm excited to see that they're operating that now. That's a smaller park, not as, you know, immersive, but nice they're bringing on a good operator though. You you know they're going to bring some game to the park. Yes. I mean, if nothing else, you can now get Dollywood's world famous cinnamon bread at Kentucky Kingdom. So, um, I tell people that's my favorite ride at Dollywood is the cinnamon bread. If you if, <laughs> even if you if you do nothing else at Dollywood, you have to get the cinnamon bread. It's it's cooked on site and or baked on site, and it is it it's just the it's incredible. There are no words. And and then there's a lot of independent uh, amusement parks still out there. 
not nearly like there were 50, 60 years ago. Um, we talked about when we were kids, the, or, or some of the early parks that we went to have since closed. And the three in the Midwest, kind of local that come to mind, Holiday World and Splash Safari, Indiana yeah. Beach, uh, which would just was saved by a Chicago businessman. Uh, yeah. they, that place was set to close, and, and Gene Staples, who I believe he owns another park as well. And then, uh, you know, we're just thinking roller coasters in Wisconsin Dells, Mount Olympus. Just some great local parks. Have you been to any of these? Your thoughts? And, and give me a couple local, you know, individual, small, family-owned parks that you might be interested in. Yeah, so when I lived in Chicago for a summer, I kind of took the weekends and went to all the parks within a few hours of um, uh, of Chicago. And so I went to uh, Mount Olympus, Great Wooden Coasters. It's a really interesting park. It kind of started as a go-kart. And actually before it was, I think it was called Carts and Coasters before it was uh, changed to Mount Olympus. So Great collection of wooden roller coasters and then go kart tracks. <laughs> the layout's kind of the layout. The only thing there is the layout's wonky. I, sometimes the operations aren't the best, but you gotta go there. It is a great, great place. Oh yeah, it's one of those. If you're an enthusiast, you've got to go. I mean, if you're in the Dells, you've got to go. Um, Indiana Beach, very, very interesting park. It is just the the collection of rides the the setting you've got it on you're there on on this beautiful lake um just a very eclectic mix of roller coasters i would say great food it's just one that you've got it's in the kind of in the middle of nowhere but i think it's worth the drive if you are serious about roller coasters holiday world it's only a couple of hours from nashville so go there a few times amazing wooden coasters again and so some of the others, I got one more on. that I'll put on the, the the Midwest list that's really kind of small, but a really, really cool place you got to check out. It's one of those two where I, I don't I don't think there's even an entry fee. It's like you just paid a ride. and that's Bay Beach Amusement Park out of you know, kind of in the Green Bay area. Yes, and so that's an interesting park that I have a strange connection to. So Liberty Land, Zip and Pippin, Elvis Presley's favorite roller coaster, old wooden coaster. When Liberty Land closed, um, Bay Beach, they tried to sell the Zip and Pippin. Unfortunately, it was just in really poor condition, so they weren't able to relocate it. Dollywood, I believe, had expressed interest in buying it, some other potential buyers. But Bay Beach essentially purchased the plans to the roller coaster, and so they used a, a, a newer company and built a replica of the Zip and Pippin. And so it's there at this independently owned, I think it's owned by the city. Yes, and, you're right. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is such a fun wooden coaster. It's very, it was very uh, uh, nostalgic going on. It. Of course it's newer, it's, it's smoother. It doesn't, you know, there are some subtle differences, but still just being on it and feeling that layout and the kind of the same pacing of it was uh, very bittersweet. And it's so that's that's definitely, you know, if you're in the area. Yeah, it's nice. It's very nice park. It's well kept. You can just walk in, kind of walk around. It's not big, but they've got some other rides. Very family friendly. You can pay per ride. So you don't have to, you know, commit to a full day or anything. And Vivin Pippin's just fun. It's just a fun wooden coaster. So I'm really glad that it's able because they 
they took some artifacts from the original, some signs and um, just some other kind of odds and ends. So you can go kind of get a history lesson and feel to an extent what, you know, what Elvis Presley, what made him love that, that roller coaster so much. Some others that I really like, or one other, that was one of the ones I was going to say, actually. Another one is Lake Winnie, and technically it's in Georgia, but it's in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. Um, very, very kind of campy, classic amusement park. Again, another eclectic mix of older flat rides. There's an amazing wooden coaster called Cannonball. I think it's one of the most underrated wooden coasters in the southeast. And um, so, again, kind of in, in the in just this very, you know, kind of outskirts of Chattanooga, no record-breaking rides or roller coasters, but still, if you're just a fan of amusement parks and, and roller coasters, definitely recommend. It's a, that's a park with, um, a, I forget the year that opened, but it's got to be 100 years, um, if not if not more, somewhere around there. So it's definitely a park that, you want to go and, and check out if you're a history fan or, or a coaster fan. Got to love some of those really old time amusement parks. As mentioned earlier, I lived in Rochester, New York area, and uh, they have a, a park there. I mean, this place is like a living museum. It's uh, Sea Breeze. I don't know if you ever heard. They had a jack. They have a jackrabbit there as well. So if you're in the Rochester area, Sea Breeze is a really, really cool place to to check out. And then one last one too. I love Santa's Village, Jefferson, New Hampshire. The interesting thing, it, it, it's small and they they're very limited in rides, but it's really cool and they're actually open in the winter. It's the only like you could actually ride rides in the snow, which is very cool. Are you familiar with Santa's Village? Oh yeah, and I've got to get up to the northeast more and check out some of these smaller parks cuz these are they're not, you know, they don't have the record-breaking roller coasters, but they're in the enthusiast world. So, um, you know, love just because of that history, they're quaint, they're, you know, you, they're unfortunately a dying breed. You just don't have as many of these. We've lost so many over the years because it is a hard business. If you're not building these record breaking coasters, so yeah, Santa's village, sea breeze. I mean, Waldemere is another one, Lake compounds just some of these smaller parks that I really, I need to just kind of take a sabbatical and go up to the Northeast and just hit all of these parks because there's so many up there. That Lake Compounds you, you mentioned out of Bristol, Connecticut, that I believe is the oldest continuing operating uh, park in the U.S. I think that thing opened before the Civil War. <laughs> That'll put in perspective okay. for you. Yeah, so, so much um, history. You know, as we, we, we've covered a lot of ground today, and um, how can people get involved with your group? Or get involved if, if they want to really kind of up their roller coaster game and, and start doing kind of the things that you do? Yeah, so I think Coaster101.com, uh, we're on all the major social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Our handle is, you know, at Coaster101 on, on all of those. So definitely reach out. We are fairly active on all of those channels. We love engaging with the readers. Like I said, I've met some really great people through uh, through the website um so definitely check those out one of my favorite roller coaster websites is uh screenscape.com it's it's been around for years and years and years and it's a great place to go they post both news items but then they also kind of post rumors about the about parks and what's coming and 
And so, you know, all of those obviously don't turn out to be true, but some of them do. And so that's one that I check pretty regularly. Um, there's so many. There's a lot of great YouTube channels. I would say um, kind of just go and search. What I recommend doing to find ones that you like, go and um, search for some roller coasters. Search POV is the you know point of view, the on-ride point of view. Um, there's some great channels that, um, that, that great, make great POV videos. Um, Upstop Media, they do some amazing video work. They've actually been hired by the park, a lot of parks, to do um, videos for them. A couple weeks ago, I was at a new, at a very small park uh, south of Atlanta called Fun Spot. They have parks in Orlando. Oh gosh, uh, you know we forgot to mention that. Uh, just real, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Fun Spot, as you mentioned, in Atlanta, I think they have another location as well. I'm, I'm into old school video games, and they have a great arcade. But they're one of those family entertainment center that put some serious, serious rides on their property just recently. I mean, really up. It's basically like Chuck E. Cheese upping its game to a, a major amusement park. Just explain that real quick. I wanted to get that in. Yeah, that's a great that's, that's a great way to put it. And that's exactly I've been to this this park in Atlanta and Fun Spot. They have one in Orlando and Kissimmee. And we had a few of the Coastal Woman Riders. We had kind of done a group trip. We had been to Lake Winnie and Six Flags Over Georgia and Atlanta. They had never been to those parks before. And so, we're, you know, again, we're all chasing the coaster credits. So we saw that this fun spot was uh, not too far outside of Atlanta. And at the time, they just had two very small roller coasters, more of a family entertainment center, like you said, great arcade, just some other like mini golf and go-karts and, and a lot of it was built in a, in a parking lot. And so we went down there It's like, okay, you know, this is great. You know, we got the, the two credits and, you know, it was fun. And then a couple of years later for them to announce, or I think that that same year they announced that they were building this ground up Rocky mountain construction, RMC roller coaster it was just like 15 stories tall. I mean, I, if you had told me that they were going to build this massive roller coaster, I, I probably would have laughed because it was so unexpected. And um, it, it opened, it just opened um, a couple weeks ago and I was there. Coaster 101 was invited to the media event. And so I got to be one of the first ones to ride it. And incredible. I mean, Rock, RMC, they are, they are just roller coaster geniuses. I mean, this ride it's so amazing. You can go to Coaster 101. My review is is over there. Great videos um, uh, that Upstop Media did. I mean, just insane. I, I still cannot believe they built this roller coaster there, but it's so good. And they're going to get a ton of traffic from that. And it is, uh, it, it's, I still, I was like, I can't believe they built this. It is. It's Especially like on that, on that property, knowing what that place was before. It's amazing. I've been kind of watching that uh, from afar and I'm really interested when I'm yeah. in the area to check it out. Yeah. And that's Airy force one uh, is the name you can go on YouTube, look at some, some great, some great videos of it. It's, it's, it's incredible. Great ride. Final takeaways from today. It was, it was great talking to you and we, we covered a lot of ground, but final takeaway uh, from today's convo on the gains podcast. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for having me. I, I think coaster coaster enthusiasts, and it, I mean, it's a big, it's a big community, but it's a small community. You go to these coaster enthusiast events and you see some familiar faces and 
there's so many great organizations. One, I'm an uh, American Coaster Enthusiast organization, which is great. They have a ton of events across the country. So if you're really serious about getting connected with uh, with other enthusiasts or just being able to go, a lot of these enthusiast events, they have behind-the-scenes rides or the ride. The coasters will stay open late or, early, or open early, so you get the chance to get that extended ride time and not having to wait. It's such a it's such a fun hobby. It is like I said, the parks are always pushing the envelope. You have these new ride manufacturers who are doing just crazy things that have never been done before. So it's 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 so exciting and it's always changing and it's fun to follow and I'm just so grateful to have this outlet that I can just kind of scream in, at the internet about, you know, my love for it and so yeah, we love we we love to to welcome new readers. So um, anytime, and we love getting guest writers who can can provide some different perspectives and insights. But uh, I would say um, it's a very welcoming community and um, really great ways to get plugged in and get involved. And but it's uh, but yeah, it's it's always I, I enjoy I enjoy talking about it. And there's there's no. No dull day in the in the coaster world. And it's also fun kind of traveling to all these different parks across the country. Big thanks to John Stevenson, founder and writer of Coaster101.com. John's based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Again, big thanks for joining us today, John. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. You can't tell that I like roller coasters and amusement parks, can you? I, I totally had a great time today. Love talking about this stuff. And I love two of the stocks mentioned during today's Gains podcast. I've been buying both of them. Cedar Fair, ticker F-U-N, and SeaWorld, ticker S-E-A-S. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. And I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.